Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. The thing that I really want to emphasize is what Amazon and Google are doing is what a company does when they're desperate. So what we're looking for Congress to do is hold these marketplaces accountable. Especially these companies. Do we really think that Congress is going to step forward and break up these companies like they swear they're going to do? They see this as a serious threat. I think the big question here, does more regulation mean less revenue and less profit? I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. And... Today, hi, my name is Emily Birnbaum. I'm the tech lobbying and influence reporter at Politico. Emily Birnbaum on the fraught, fraught, fraught relationship between Amazon, Google, and Congress. For a long time, they've sat out a lot of legislative battles or they've kind of had their trade groups fight for them. And the tactics Amazon and Google are using to fight regulation. But in this instance, they are bringing in everyday people and they are bringing in tons of everyday people who rely on their services to just get through the day. So the irony is that in order to defeat antitrust legislation, Google and Amazon are leveraging their economic dominance. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Tell me what Amazon and Google are worried about. Amazon and Google are facing really serious regulatory threats from Congress right now. So specifically, there's a package of bills that has passed the House Judiciary Committee that's moving through the Senate that would rein in the power of the big tech giants like Google, Amazon, Apple, and Meta, uh, formerly Facebook. And Amazon and Google know that their stock has declined on Capitol Hill, if you will. Like, they are not trusted. Both sides of the aisle have their own gripes with the companies. So they, you know, they know if an Amazon lobbyist comes into a lawmaker's office, probably what they say won't have that much sway. But if they deploy the small business owners that rely on Amazon for selling their products and making a living, then they're more likely to find receptive ears. So both Amazon and Google have been mobilizing their small businesses, their customers who need their products in their day-to-day lives. And you wrote a story about this in which you sort of described it as like David Goliath. Yeah. So Amazon and Google are obviously the Goliath. They're two of the wealthiest companies in the world. Yeah. And on the other side, you know, according to the lawmakers who are pushing for this legislation is the David. So that is the everyday users. That's the small businesses that rely on the platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, But Amazon and Google are saying, no, actually, the little guys are on our side, too. You know, the small businesses, the people who use Google Docs, and they could be hurt by your legislation. So it's not small businesses versus big businesses. It's, you know, more complicated with small businesses with their own interests on either side, individuals with their own interests on either side. And what is some of the strategy that they're employing? Like, and what feels different this time? So Amazon and Google in particular, pretty rarely pull this lever of leveraging their own customer base to Mm. lobby against legislation. But that is the tactic that they're taking this time around because they see this as a very serious threat. This is sort of like 
a really extreme maneuver. So Amazon's public policy shop is setting up meetings between small businesses that rely on Amazon and, you know, the lawmakers whose districts those small businesses are in. Mm -hmm. Google has set up a website to send updates on the legislation to uh, users of Google Office products, and they are also deploying their very large, well-funded nonprofit organizations to also tap small business owners and more sympathetic faces to bring into lawmakers' offices. Yeah, you wrote about, I mean, there are petitions. They had sent um, an email blast to like all 2 million, is it vendors? It's all 2 million of the people that they work with, which includes vendors and includes creative partners and all sorts of other people. Yeah, and I saw in your piece about this that you had linked to a video that Amazon had produced. My name is Kristen Ray, and I'm the founder of Inspire International, and I'm based in Normal, Illinois. A video about one of their small business vendors talking about how she'd be affected by regulation. And it sounds like Amazon has also been the intermediary setting up meetings between some of their vendors, and U.S. representatives. Exactly. And there's sort of like an irony or like a cyclical nature to this. So Amazon has been sending out sort of alarmist messages to the people that rely on Amazon, like, you know, the vendors and and other kinds of people involved in the um, in the ecosystem, you know, saying this legislation could force us to force you off the platform. Like right. this legislation could mean that we have to wipe third party sellers from our platform altogether. Of course, that freaks people out. And then, yeah. you know, they get that in their inbox or they see that on Facebook and then they reach out to Amazon and say, hey, how can we prevent this from happening? And then Amazon sets up a meeting with them and their lawmaker. Um, so like there is a lot of noise and static and panic happening, you know, for for people that rely on something that's basically infrastructure, which is Amazon. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of it is being incited in the first place by Amazon and then also Google to a lesser extent. By using small business vendors and entrepreneurs um, and sort of mobilizing essentially all of their contacts to reach out to lawmakers, does this put lawmakers in a difficult position? It sounds like the messaging is tough. Yeah, I spoke to several aides who said this is actually a quite savvy move by the tech companies because it's, you know, one thing to hear from Google and it's another to hear from someone in your district who's concerned. And at another level, Amazon and Google both have really important job creating operations across the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there's Google data centers, um, which provide, you know, pretty well paid jobs to tons of people in the districts they're in. There's Amazon warehouses. Obviously, there's a lot of like labor concerns around those warehouses, but they are really important employers in the U.S. Um, So leveraging that kind of threatening, saying this could affect job creation in your district, this could hurt the entrepreneurs who are looking to you for guidance, that puts a lot of pressure on lawmakers who are just getting up to speed on antitrust. You know, there are a lot of lawmakers who've been steeped in this for years and who Mm -hmm. really know the ins and outs, but there are other lawmakers who are, you know, asking, okay, what's up with this? You know, is it actually going to kill Amazon Prime? Because that could hurt me politically. So there are really serious political considerations, economic considerations around all of this legislation. And it does seem like Congress has had an increased appetite for their corporate trust busting in recent years. Yeah, I mean, there is really significant interest on both sides of the aisle in the House and the Senate 
Um, the legislation that we've been talking the most about in this conversation, um, the antitrust legislation, is backed by both Senator Amy Klobuchar and uh, Senator Chuck Grassley mm-hmm. in the Senate. So those are two really powerful bipartisan senators mm-hmm. um, who want to see something done. You know, Democrats and Republicans have different kinds of gripes with the major uh, uh, tech platforms. But on the question of corporate consolidation, there's actually a lot of common ground between Republicans and Democrats. And um, I know a a lot of the lawmakers involved in trying to push this legislation are going to try to get it across the finish line in the beginning of this year. And so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. You wrote a really interesting story recently also about how Amazon actually has a much closer relationship with certain branches of the government than other tech companies do because they have increasingly tipped the Justice Department and the FBI off to investigate sellers and vendors, which feels like, you know, potentially hedging bets against like because the relationship with Congress is not as good right now. Definitely. That was a a really interesting article to work on. Basically, we found that Amazon has invested really significant resources into building out its relationship with the Justice Department. You know, some people say mm-hmm. that that is a form of outsourcing, you know, what Amazon should be doing itself, which is policing yeah. its platform from, you know, things like counterfeits, fraud, abuse. And Amazon in particular has been hiring up tons of former DOJ and FBI officials, has worked really hard to create direct lines so that they can bring cases to the federal government and say, hey, you know, don't you want to bring this case against this Amazon employee who misused our system? And I think overall, what you're seeing with Amazon is a company that's under really significant regulatory scrutiny is Mm -hmm. actually facing threats to its bottom line and is mobilizing in response. And so what are the stakes here? Like what happens if the legislation does get passed and what happens if it doesn't? If the legislation does get passed, Amazon has said um, it's going to really alter the way they do business. They have said, you know, this might force us to end Amazon Prime. This could force us to, um, uh, you know, uh, not have overnight shipping, like these things that are like really important to Americans. Um, But the lawmakers say, you know, that's just fear mongering. That's Mm -hmm. not actually what's going to happen. Because at the end of the day, Amazon is not going to give up some of its most lucrative elements, you know, they Mm -hmm. are probably not going to do something as detrimental as punting their third-party seller platform altogether. But, you know, I I think that there is a lot of ambiguity about what it'll look like to have some of the most important players in our economy, you know, break themselves up or have to really pare back how they do business. I think the supporters of the legislation say, if this gets passed, then we are going to have a healthier marketplace where, you know, it's not dominated by a couple major firms, but rather there's going to be, you know, healthy competition. There's Mm -hmm. going to be more small businesses that have um, their, you know, moment to shine. And, uh, you know, that could lead to more privacy protections that could lead to fairer conditions for everyday users. And it sort of depends who you ask, um, but there's a lot at stake. And Biden has really placed himself in favor of, you know, breaking up the tech companies, doing something to rein in corporate power. And if you had to like put money on Amazon, Google or Congress, who's got more leverage here? Who's got more potential power here? 
Amazon and Google are consistently in the top 10 uh, spenders in Washington. They are incredibly important in districts across the U.S., uh, worldwide. I think it's going to be really hard for Congress to pass this level of sweeping legislation. I think something will happen, but not the dramatic bills that we have in front of us right now. Emily Birnbaum, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Also today, the FDA authorized booster shots for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for 12 to 15-year-olds. This means the group could start getting the third shot as early as this week. The matter now heads to a CDC advisory panel, likely meeting tomorrow to discuss the plan. And Congress's attending physician at the U.S. Capitol Complex is urging offices to shift to remote work where possible. More than 13 percent of people at the campus's on-site testing center have tested positive in recent weeks. That's up from a number of less than 1 percent before the Omicron variant surfaced. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.